Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Brennan, PGA professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directories of Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me or harass me on Instagram at pbradden 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro so recap went over talked about the fedex invitational uh being played at Southwind um with last week's show that'll be the main meat of today's show but we're going to go ahead and jump into the local events first um going to the pro-am series knoxville at severe golf club on the river course miss Allie knight friend of the show shoots 69 tying with mr joe castle moving over to the tri-cities at lonesome pines brian bentley 68 chris stacy coming in second at 70 moving to the mid-state tim's ford uh jared melson host professional shoots 66 Coming in first, coming in second, Lauren Personette at 70, and then Kevin Snell at 71. We also had a really fun event played this week at the Golf Club of Tennessee called the Pro Official. And what this is, is your local club pros all bring a member of the board, an owner, or somebody that's on one of their official boards um, to come in and play. And it's just a great charity fundraiser, um, giving back to the game of golf, and again, taking care of the, the people who are employing our PGA professional. Uh, again, there were 61 teams at the Golf Club of Tennessee. Uh, coming in first place from the Golf Club, uh, the team of Cox and Loudermilk. Coming in second uh, from Old Hickory Country Club, Botts and Jenkins. Tied for third from Bellmead, Peacock and Klein. Also in third, Oak Ridge Country Club, Hudson and Thomas. And rounding out the tie for third from the Troubadour, Coke, and Hull. So 61 teams, they play net and gross. You can check all that on tngolf.org and tnpga. So, Southwind. We talked about it. It's been a host for a tournament for the last 20-something years. They've been playing in Memphis since the 50s. Hogan, Trevino, Nicholas, all these guys have been there at some point. Um, coming across the boards, moved to a FedEx um, sponsorship for the World Golf Championship last year. Brooks Kepka uh, wins that as the inaugural event there. Um, so jumping right into day one, speaking of Mr. Brooks, an impressive little 8 under 62, followed up by Ricky Fowler and Brendan Todd at 664. Sung Kang shooting 565. Coming in there, Justin Thomas. Chev Rizzi, Matt Kuchar, and Max Hama calling, coming in at 66. We had some amazing highlights on day one in addition to the rounds. Mr. Bryson DeChambeau taking it over the top of the trees on number 15 and driving the 400-yard par four. Over the trees, over the creek, amazing shot. 
Moving into day two, now I'm going to go over the low rounds of the days and then I'll transition back to the leaderboard. So Mr. Fitzpatrick shooting a 64 low round of the day tying with Kevin Na. Hung M shooting 65 along with Brandon Todd. Webb Simpson shooting 66, Kevin Strillman 66, and Rory coming up there with a 66. Now after day two, Brandon Todd is now in the lead at 11 under. Ricky is in second place at 9 under. Brooks, Hanan, Rivera, Chesrivi, sorry, at 7 under. Kang and Fitzpatrick winding out the top there at 6 unders as well. Moving day, day three. Lewis fires a 61-9 under. Bevan House shoots 64-6 under. Answer, 65. Dahlman, Cantley, and Wolf all rounding out that 65. After day three, though, Brandon Todd has moved to 12 under. Hung in at 11. Ricky coming in at 10. Brooks at 9. And Justice Thomas creeping into the top five there at 8 under. Going into Sunday's round, Palmer shooting 64, Justin Thomas shooting 65, Berger shooting 65, Van Ruin shooting 65, Kisner and Fleetwood rounding out the 65 rounds. For the overall championship going to Mr. Justin Thomas at 13 under, followed by Berger, Lewis, Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka all at 10 under. JT has found his form moving into next week's PGA Championship, but Brooks is knocking on the doors, starting contend at a major, or right before major like he tends to do. Now, watching the tournament over the weekend on Saturday, we saw a lot of coverage of the leaders coming in the stretch, but what we also saw a lot of the children from the St. Jude uh, Hospital, and, and things that were unique this week to the event, uh, the children designed the caddy bibs. So all 78 players who played in the field with no cut, their bibs for their caddy were designed individually by the kids. They make the drawings, they transport them over. Um, Justin Thomas and Abraham Answer were also wearing custom-made shoes designed by some of the children as well. So the Danny Thomas started this a long time ago for St. Jude uh, in the children's research, and it's what it's grown, and FedEx took over the sponsorship and has grown it even more. So it's all about giving back, and the PGA does that so well. Um, something that was also very unique to the event this week is they had a lot of the children commentating. So with everybody being on Zoom calls and team and, and Skype and FaceTime and everything like that, the children were there at their homes, safe, or at their hospital rooms, and they were able to watch the tournament play and call for some of their favorite players. Um, obviously, Mickelson's always a crowd favorite. Um, again, I think he was, I believe he was the first 50-plus to finish in the top five at a World Golf Championship, so good things looking up for Phil um, as he's moving over there. Um, but again, just it, it's a this one is about the kids giving back to the city of Memphis, which has raised master champion Carrie Middlecoff and hosted tour events since the 50s. Um, so it's always a great, great honor to see the PGA in Memphis supporting the St. Jude. So that will spin us into the PGA this week of the PGA Championship at Harding Park. 
Um, we'll see a lot of coverage coming up that over the next couple of days. We also have the Tennessee State Amateur being played this week at Hillwood, so I'll have updates on that next week. Um, but now we're going to the listeners. So our first one comes in from Don. Don was asking about a trip he made to Top Golf a couple of weeks ago. Was asking about the technology that they have to play the games and the sports, and how to get something like that for yourself. Well, Top Golf uses a, a proprietary system called Top Tracer, and what they do is there are microchips in their golf balls. And as you hit the shot, it's able to determine what stall it was hit from, where it finishes, and being able to award the ports that way. Uh, the points as you go. Uh, now what you'll see on the Golf Channel quite often is Top Tracer. Now this is the partnership with TrackMan um, and they're able to take the information from TrackMan and follow the golf ball with Top Tracer. So you can see the amazing tee shots that Bryson DeChambeau is hitting or the wedge shots that Rory's hitting or, or whatever they're doing on the par threes where they have the, the devices set up to run that. Um, Top Tracer again or Top golf using the those chips, those golf balls aren't legal for play, so you're not going to really get that movement over there. Um, looking at it, TrackMan has become the prominent launch monitor. Um, it is a phenomenal radar tracking system that is great outdoors. Um, it can follow the ball, and it's accurate to win within a yard of no wind, level lies, Yada yada yada, small print, but again, it does an amazing job, and it's why most manufacturers trust it. Um, the next one, which is actually a better system for indoors, um, is uh, Foresight. Uh, Foresight is a camera based system, so it actually takes a couple of pictures of the golf ball, um, and using that, it can determine how fast it's going, its angles, and all that computes it over to the information. Um, and when compared side by side to TrackMan, it was within three or four yards uh, in most of their testing, so again, accurate enough for most people. Um, FlightScope is another good one. FlightScope is like TrackMan. It's a radar, very good outside. Um, then we move into more affordable systems, uh, looking at the Miso that Bryson DeChambeau recommends. Um, SkyTrack does a great job, or even OptiShot. So, Don, kind of depending on how much room you've got and what you're looking for, um, there's a really a lot of good golf simulators out there um, that you can play golf courses on. Um, all those mentioned about golf, um, full swing golf, are, are awesome companies I've dealt with in the past as well. But what they're able to do, depending on the size of your room, they can build a system for you. So you can just call these manufacturers and start looking. Um, SkyTrack is one of my favorite inexpensive models. Uh, you can go to their website and see the pricing on everything, but they've got some really good package deals where you can actually get your simulator screen, your projector, uh, the mat, the launch monitor itself and able to play. And depending on which subscription level you get, you get numerous golf courses. Um, same thing with Foresight TrackMan. If you're willing to pay a little bit more, they'll definitely throw some courses on there. So, Don, if you're looking for... Um, some simulator needs, uh, again, check out um, all the websites. You can just get into SkyTrack, Foresight, TrackMan, FlightScope, Mizo. Um, all some really good ones to look at. Some of the bigger ones, uh, Full Swing Golf and About Golf as well. Those are the big projection screen ones that you might be looking for. So, Don, if you're looking for something basic, though, um, I recommend the Voice Caddy. 
Um, it's a box a little bit bigger than your phone. It sits up behind the ball. You can take it to the driving range, and it's able to read club head speed, ball speed. Um, and when you tell it what club you're hitting, it knows or reads the launch angle. But you can actually program your club that you're hitting, and it'll tell you how far it's going, and it'll track that on your phone uh, with some of their models as well. So some of those options there, you know, in the couple hundred dollars up to as much as you want to spend on one of those. Biggest recommendation if you're doing it inside is make sure you've got at least a 10-foot ceiling um, just so you can make some driver swings and not worry about hitting things. But yeah, Don, um, again, looking at the, the indoor launch monitor projection screens and lots of fun there. So check out the websites and see what the reviews might work for you. So this question coming in from Chip, and Chip is asking about green reading books. He said he noticed in the last couple of events, the caddies and the players are all pulling out what he thought were yardage books um, on the greens, and he was confused and did a little research and found about the green reading books. And he asked, how do you go about getting one, or how do you look at making your own? Um, so Chip, the things to look at for a green reading book, uh, there's a company out there called Stracaline, and they're the ones that do most of them for the PJ Tour. Uh, they come out with a lasering system and they grid out the greens and measure every two to three feet, I think it is, when you look on their website. Um, and it's going to show you the slope and, the, and how much elevation change uh, in, I believe they do theirs in percent um, instead of degrees, but how many uh, percent slope there is there. And using that information, you can then figure out where the putts are going to break. And so that's what those guys are looking at a lot. Now, if you're trying to build your own, depending on what city you live in, um, and the reason I say this, we've tried this on a couple of courses, and if you're in a more metropolitan area, the, the grids on Google Maps is a little bit closer to Google Earth, and you can see a little bit more of the undulation. If you're in a little bit more of a, a rural setting, the zooming into the satellites might not be as good, and so it may miss some. Um, but generally, you'll see some increments of, you know, from every five feet to maybe every three or four yards, uh, depending on how you do that. Um, and again, you can just go to the Google Earth or Google Maps, no, actually, the, it is on Google Earth, um, and set it up, and you can actually play with the elevation changes, um, and it'll show you some slopes and downgrades and kind of a heat texture. Um, the uh, Golf Logics app um, is now offering a version for your phone. Um, you can go to Golf Logics and check that out, but you can download to your phone. It does like a heat transfer, so reds and greens to let you know uphills and downhills, and tournament mode just gives you that picture. Non-tournament mode, you can actually read the putt with it. You take a picture of where your ball is in the hole, you then lay your phone down in the gyro, and your phone is able to measure the degrees of slope, and then it's able to put a picture up there for you of, of the intended break at a, at a certain speed. Um, I've had a few friends get it, play with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of look to see the graphic and get an idea. And it, you know, it'll give you a really good overall read if you're not knowing what's going on but you can definitely check definitely check out the golf logics apps um chip if you're looking for more of a green reading speed um the strike line books depending on what information you want can start at fifty dollars and go up from there um, but you can go to strikeline.com and see those um, again you can check out the golf logics page to get a lot of good information um now to make your own and i actually looked at this years ago um what would be recommended is a digital level. Um, 
Breakmaster makes one that I use personally. Um, it actually reads the degrees of slope instead of percentage, so we can still figure all that out. But if you're trying to make your own, what they would recommend you do is put grids down um, every five feet. So you would have to have the golf course yourself and nobody in your way to do this. But you'd run a rope every five feet from the front to the back of the green, and then you'd run a rope from the left to the right of the green every five feet. And so you'd create these grids. Um, and what you would do is you would put, every time those ropes crossed, you would put your brake master down, and it would tell you the degrees of slope and in which way, and then you'd just have to chart that in the book. So if you were going to do that on a normal size green, you're going to spend a little over an hour, hour and a half setting up, reading the whole green and stuff like that. So I'd definitely say look at the Golf Logics um, because they've got the new tournament app that is available to use on your phone. So this question comes in from Mark, and actually Mark's actually one of my students, so this was funny that he came into it, and he knows I'm playing in a tournament next week, it's our actual uh, section championships, our qualifiers, PJ professionals, um, to go and, and have the opportunity to play in the national, which could then qualify you for the PJ uh, championship that's being played this week, um, but so Mark's asking me, what do I do to prep and prepare for a tournament? Now I've asked, you know, throughout the seasons, I've asked Jared, things that he works on, uh, Jared Milson, um, the senior PGA player of the year the last three years, um, what he did, and he, again, he just kind of works the whole bag um, in, in his warm-ups, and, you know, I've asked Lauren Personette what he does, and he's a very field-based player, so he's just going to kind of go out there and, and, and hit some shots and figure out what's going on, but Mark asking me what I do. So the way I generally approach a tournament, Mark, um, is I set out a two-week plan guideline um two weeks prior i want to start hitting golf balls a little bit more maybe sneak out for nine holes here and there um trying to replicate the conditions now i don't want in most cases i can't travel to the tournament uh host course uh this often so i start finding courses in the area that are similar or creating courses that are similar so i may go to a golf course that's a little bit shorter in length uh, and when I'm practicing, I'll hit the driver off the tee, but then I'm going to hit a five iron off the tee, and I'm going to play the five iron. Um, and so that's going to simulate giving me longer distances to hit longer uh, irons into the greens. Um, and, and so I'll generally, that first week, I'll try and play two or three nine-hole rounds in the week, just rating how my ball striking is, looking at my chipping, my putting, and just kind of using that as a baseline. Um, and then I'll spend a little bit of time on the cameras, uh, on the launch monitors, fine-tuning some distances, making sure everything's crisp and clean and what it looks like. Um, generally, I'll try and go out the Wednesday before, if it's local enough I can get there, um, and spend a couple hours on the putting green. I just want to get a feel for the speed of the putts in the green um, so that, and again, I know they'll change a little bit. Um, whether it's they get faster or slower, do the conditions, whatever. But again, it just gives me a good baseline model. That way I kind of know what's going on. Now what I tend to do when I'm working on my putting um, for that couple hours is I'll set up my putting track and I use a putting arc. That's that's my favorite. Um, I'll put the tees in the ground and set up on a five-footer that's dead straight. And then I've got a little um, speed putting drill that I do where I'll set tees up at 20, 30, and 40 feet. I'll take three golf balls, I'll put a couple of tees, a putter width, or a putter length uh, behind the hole, so about three feet. Um, and the ball has to get to the hole, 
but stop inside those tees for a point if I'm making it's worth two points. And I'll start at 20 feet. And once I, I get three points um, out of those three golf balls, I move back to 30 feet. Now, to make it challenging, I only get two attempts uh, from the, the 30 foot or the next tee. So I'll roll the first three if I don't do it. I roll the next three if I don't do it. I then fall back to the 20. Um, and so this drill generally will take me about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, but what I'll do is as I go through this drill working on my speed, about every 10 to 15 minutes I'll go over and just make five in a row from that five foot putt that I had set up. So I'm working on speed control and then I go over and I make putts. And I work on speed control and I go over and I make putts. So I kind of break it up like we would on the golf course where your first putt on the green, you roll it up, and then you make the next one. Um, so I generally try to do that the, the Wednesday or Thursday before the event. Um, and then with um, the section championship being a three-day event, um, if I can play the practice round early, I will, um, just so I don't play four days in a row. Um, but if I'm unable to, then... I'll get a group with some friends um, that are in the event. We'll go out and we'll play. And I'm not going to play all the holes. Uh, I'll I'll hit the tee shots I need to hit. I'll, I'll play the par threes. I'll study the pins. Uh, in most cases, uh, our Tennessee PGA staff, the day before the tournament, has dotted the course for us. So we see day one, day two, and day three pin placements. And again, same thing you see on the PGA Tour. The guys kind of know where the pins are always going to be at the Masters. They don't really move that much. And you'll see that... Uh, kind of a tradition of the same golf courses. They have a couple of pin placements they use. And so we get to see the pins and roll some putts and start to notice how those bend and break. Um, and so once we got the practice round, we're taking any notes or anything like that. Um, and at that point, I've got to shut the brain off. Um, process what I've looked at, go out the next day, start the tournament, prepare, and, and just play. So again, I take two weeks. Um, it's not a ton of golf. It's not a ton of golf balls. It's a mix of playing, scoring, working on some skills, and, and things like that. So, Mark, thanks for that question. Um, I'll be bringing you highlights from the event uh, next week. Um, so, uh, hopefully, I can talk to the players that are playing well. Maybe it's even me. Um, but we'll get some of those uh, on on the show over the next couple of weeks if I can't get them on next week. Uh, I'll definitely be talking about the State Am. Um, and obviously we'll have to talk about the PGA Championship just a little bit. So again, everybody, thanks so much. I'm going to cut it a little short this week because I've actually got to get back to work and get ready for next week. But thank you for listening to Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Paul Brandon, PGA Professional. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or at Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. Keep those questions and comments coming in. I love reading through those. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcast. So weather's supposed to be nice over the next couple of days. Everybody get out and play. I know I am. Let's talk about some good rounds. See y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.